podcasters have been listening for free for too long. You owe us something. Well, okay. Listen, a lot of you have said, hey, guys, I'd be willing to subscribe and pay X per week or per month for the podcast. You know why we don't charge? Because we're stupid. Because we're stupid. But anyway, why don't you think about what would you be willing to pay per month for the Armstrong and Getty show? And then instead of giving it to us, give it to Warrior Foundation Freedom Station. Donate it and help our uh, our warriors who are in their time of greatest need. you got this organization that is all volunteers, and they do fabulous, beautiful, beautiful work helping our guys. So just go to armstrongandgetty.com to donate. It's that simple. to talk about before we get into uh, Kamala Harris ex- exiting the race, which I don't really want to speak that about that specifically. I, I don't understand. If you're the sort of person that likes to discuss when 2% candidates get out of presidential races, I suppose it's like the people who do three mock drafts before NFL draft today. It's just you're, you're, sure. you're so into it, which is fine. Everybody needs a hobby, but that's a well, weird right. hobby. <laughs> There's a lot of discussion right now among football fans. Why have the Browns been such a disappointment? I mean, you got to be really into it to give a damn. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. No kidding. But it's Warrior Foundation Freedom Station Week. Later this hour, we'll talk to somebody who's benefited from that fabulous organization. If you want to donate. Saving money. lives, man. If you want to donate, donate money, you need to go to armstrongandgetty.com, armstrongandgetty.com. And coming up later this half hour, the most popular toy in America that is sold out absolutely everywhere that I find disgusting. So <laughs> uh, we'll get to that. But la- so Kamala Harris dropped out of the race yesterday. She was the black female. U.S. Senator from California that a lot of people had, you know, great promise, and she uh, she had like two percent support. And give the Indian people some. Come on, and mixed all, race. And all the people, <laughs> mom was Indian, dad was Jamaican, and all the people that worked in our campaign uh, hated her at the end, and it just it couldn't have gone much worse. Tucker Carlson on Fox last night had a guest on. Tucker Carlson did a a, a long feature on uh, on how Kamala Harris was a terrible candidate and why she uh, she had to drop out of the race. And then Tucker Carlson had this guest on. We'll discuss after. This is just a little of the beginning and the end of that interview. Quentin, thanks so much for coming on. Explain, if you would, how Kamala Harris losing to Joe Biden among black voters is evidence that America is racist. Uh, Tucker, thanks for having me on. First of all, man, that entire monologue was extremely disrespectful. Uh, and let me tell you why. We live I meant in it America to be. Right now. <laughs> She's a politician. Ha, I ha, get to disrespect ha, her if I want. Um, unfortunately, as a person of color in this country, we have to work twice as hard, get twice as many credentials, um, only to be able to give it, maybe be given an opportunity to work uh, or play on a field where the goalposts are moved. But if you're rich and white in this country, you can buy things. Um, when you don't have credentials, right? You no, can I've, buy your I've, kids I went to college. college I, I heard the lecture, but maybe you, you can, can maybe you can maybe White you could answer you can, a really simple question, House. which is why are black I, voters supporting Joe question. Biden I'm over getting, Kamala I'm Harris? I'm getting to your question, Tucker. Hold on, I'm getting to your question. Well, then spare the me the fact that many spare black me the voters in South Carolina. Of it. You know, your analysis okay. is so shallow but, but, and dumb. Tucker, it's hard to believe that you go on TV as an expert on this party. Why are there no black women elected in Congress? It's actually too insulting, and and like I don't want to have a conversation about your super racial views okay. i want to ask like real sure. questions about politics you don't have answers uh, i'm afraid this is um, boring and not getting us anywhere thank okay. you for, I'm for sorry, coming on tonight i appreciate <laughs> it <laughs> that was, that, was wow. that was actually like eight minutes long we just gave you the beginning and the end but the, the <laughs> i really like the that was a very disrespectful it was meant to be <laughs> right 
Exactly. <laughs> Are you but, kidding? But so the guy's making the argument that it was race that uh, it was the reason that Kamala Harris uh, didn't catch on. And, and so um, I, I, saw, I was watching a couple of different cable news shows on your MSNBCs and your CNN, and that was the prevailing view. Yeah, just America's not ready for a black woman and all that sort of thing. I find that interesting. I just... I, I, I don't believe it at all. I can understand why Kamala Harris has got to tell herself that way, because who wants to say people just don't like me? Um, but, but for actual analysts to believe that, if, if they actually believe that, I mean, that's their sincere analysis of where we are. I find that so amazing and troubling. Well, you have a lot of people who have actually been brainwashed into that uh, new generation of racial activist set of beliefs that are just insane. They're incredibly divisive, and they will lead nowhere but toward hatred. And then you've got the political cynics who understand that if you can get people motivated by tribe and race to do what you want them to do, you can control them politically, which enhances your own power. I mean, the idea that Kamala Harris is some poor minority woman who could never catch a break is hilarious if you've seen her political rise in california she's been the anointed one for the longest time she's had direct connection 220 volts to the power centers of california and has been lifted up as if she's in some sort of cirque de soleil show because she's been she checks the boxes you know reasonably smart lady uh and and she's just an attractive candidate according to the you know the well, the boxes you have to check. So the idea that, oh, yeah, she's some hard scrabble store, it's just ridiculous. Um, and there's a lot of conversation that now that, uh, so she's she was going to be on the debate stage end of December. She was one of the six that made the debate stage. She's out, but then Tom Steyer yesterday qualified. And so a lot of discussion on how the, the, the Democratic debate just got older and whiter and what a horror that is. So, you know, discuss amongst yourselves. I'm, I'm not interested in that that angle of discussion. But I, I was thinking about Kamala Harris not making it and candidates who do make it and don't make it. And I find this fascinating, the, the art of this, trying to figure out why some people catch on and some people don't. And the only thing I can come up with, looking at people who have become president and people who have lost, it would seem to me that we, we sense inauth- people that are inauthentic and we just don't like that. Right. You look at people who are president, even if it's people you don't like, even if you think their policies are 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 are, are phony or or uh, contrived or whatever, them as human beings, Donald Trump, Barack Obama, George Bush, Bill Clinton, all of those people who won are who they are. They're they're, they're George Bush is who he is. That's exactly yeah. who he is. That's who he was before he was president. That's who he is now at home. That's that's just who he is. I think the same is true of all those other people I mentioned, which is not true with a Hillary Clinton or a Kamala Harris or an Al Gore or other people who have lost Mitt Romney, who you kind of see different versions of them. They're clearly trying to, like, create some sort of persona all the time, and right. it never works. Yeah, who Mitt is actually is just a little off-putting and jivey, which is a shame because I think he's you know a reasonably decent guy. I think Clinton was brilliant at he was he was not authentic exactly, but he was so skilled at crafting his image that that it worked. But you've got to be really, really good to do that. But, yeah, you know, Kamala Harris just came off as inauthentic. She was making it up as she went along. Nobody knew what she believed. She she was a hypocrite, and, and she's just she's smarmy. 
And she just, just makes your skin crawl. Oh, yeah. I just I found it hilarious. Tucker actually had some interesting stuff. The New York Times in their article about Kamala Harris over the weekend, uh, which was the, the death throes of that campaign, um, said consultants had told her that she needs to use the word truth more often. And so right. then he they, had a, they extensively uh, focus group that word. <laughs> so, yeah. so then he had a montage of how many times she mentioned truth in the days after that consultant told her that. I mean, that sort of thing. I don't feel like Barack Obama and Bush and Trump, people that have won, were doing that. I think they were just getting up there and, and saying their thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they had more... Well, more of an authentic vision or game or whatever about what they were. And uh, it's amazing to me that, that the Al Gores and the Kamala Harris's and, and, the, and the various candidates that don't win haven't figured that out. If you're not comfortable being you, then you're just not going to make it. And then, well, and then, of course, the whole lecturing Joe Biden about busing, which turned out, you know, nobody likes busing. What are you talking about? Then she changed her mind the next day. I mean, you're doomed when you start doing that. Yeah, well, good riddance. Go away. But in general, I, I'm surprised that candidates haven't figured out pretending to be something doesn't work. Well, they do, but if they don't have a real self that they can yeah, present they to the voters that is good, that's persuasive, that's charismatic, they have to invent something. I'm not sure. Yeah, that see, that's my thing is I'm not sure it has to be good. It's just I think we we like we'll like authentic and somebody I, that I don't particularly like over fake okay i see your point i think it's a good one Uh, and and trump is obviously the incarnation of that on the other hand i think hillary would have if her real self is so incredibly uh, frightening and off-putting it would make children cry and and grown men uh, keep them up at night so So i think hide that yeah i think phony was the right way to go for her you have no choice but to hide that Um, uh, Speaking of making children cry, I know it will make children laugh, I guess, or make them happy when it's under the tree. It's the number one toy in America. It's sold out everywhere, and it's all about flatulence. I'm very disappointed. Have that for you next on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. As we speak, the House Judiciary ranking member on the Republican side, Collins, is uh, making uh, some emphatic gestures as I look at the TV. Oh, yeah. Do you want to dip into a little bit of that? Or, yeah, why not? Uh, he's, he's a firebrand. I like the cut of his jib. Can you bring up the television there, Michael? And when you do, I'll, uh, I'll jump in here because he's looking like he's uh, getting fired up about something. <laughs> For everybody who's not been here before, this is a new room, it's new rules, uh, it's a new month. We've even got cute little uh, stickers for our staff so we can come in because we want to make this important. This is impeachment because we've done such a terrible job of it in this committee before. But what's not new is basically what's just been reiterated by the chairman. What's not new is the facts. What's not new is it's the same sad story. What's interesting, even before I get into to my part of my opening statement, was is this what was just said by the chairman? We were we went back to a redo of Mr. Mueller. We're also saying, quoting him, saying the attention of the American people should be on foreign interference. I agree with him completely, except I guess the American people did not include the Judiciary Committee because we didn't take it up. We didn't have hearings. We didn't do anything to delve deeply into this issue. We passed election bill. Okay, so I, boy, 
I tell you one thing about Collins. Uh, he's he's pretty good. He's strong. Oh yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, but no. His number one goal, and it's become clear. I've seen a couple of interviews with him in recent days. His number one goal is to humiliate Gerald Nadler, the Democratic <laughs> chairman of the committee. So there will be fireworks. Um, but, uh, if his point is we're 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 talking about the same stuff over and over and over again, uh, he's, he's right about that. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And and listen, I would love to talk uh, about. Um, the Intelligence Committee, because some of the Republican members of the Intelligence Committee have pointed out the things they haven't been dealing with in the last uh, two, two and a half months, um, in, because they were too busy dealing with the whole Ukraine thing and impeach articles of impeachment and the rest of it that I found pretty persuasive. Uh, but so you got that going on. We'll bring you the highlights as is warranted. You got uh, Trump and Macron and perhaps Trudeau in near open uh, sniping warfare, which is fine. Uh, oh, on the subject of uh, Macron, we got an absolutely fabulous email reminding me of a number of aspects of U.S.-French uh, relations over the last 50 years or so, which reminds us who the French are. Man, they are a friend barely. Hmm. So uh, stay tuned for that. We got Willie Nelson. He's quit smoking pot. We got Google's Larry Page bailing out. And why? Well, yeah, I think he's become aware how evil Google is and, and all sorts of good stuff in the news. And we'll keep raising money for Warrior Foundation Freedom Station. And I've got this disgusting toy. I'm just looking at Nadler's opening statement. He said, uh, in the 1974 impeachment proceedings, President Nixon produced dozens of recordings. In 98, President Clinton physically gave his blood. President Trump, by contrast, has refused to produce a single document. Yet, Trump or Nixon gave over the tapes after the Supreme Court ordered him to. He fought it until he could fight it no more. Clinton thought he was going to lose in the courts, so finally gave in. So why aren't you doing the same thing with Trump? Right. Try to force it through the courts and see if you would win, but they're not. You know, we don't really have time right now, but Jonathan Turley, who's going to be testifying uh, a little bit later on this morning, wrote an absolutely fabulous piece for The Hill, um, uh, dealing with Adam Schiff making the claim that this is, uh, well, what Schiff said was this, uh, what Trump's doing and has done is worse than anything Nixon did. And, um, and uh, Turley, I will summarize, is not charitable toward oh, that view. I want to hear that. Yeah, Nixon didn't handle, okay, I'll give her the tapes. Yeah, go ahead. No, it went all the way to the Supreme Court. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Anyway, more on that later. So, Sean, you're going to have to say this, because I'm not going to say it, because I don't say this word. This is the number one toy right now. It is called a... A fart launcher. All right. Did everybody hear that? I, I, I don't need one of those. <laughs> Hilarious. Hard fart primary. Okay, boomer. Um... <laughs> So the FL, I'm going to call it the FL. The fart launcher? The FL-3000 is... Uh, <laughs> Which replaced the excellent but uh, somewhat antiquated XL-2500. <laughs> it's like a Nerf gun, but it shoots flatulence instead of darts. And it's how, to- how so? And is topping kids' wish lists this year. According to the product description, the flatulent firearm developed by Wowee, Wowee, uh, can spread a stench up to 10 feet across a room and is best used in a well-ventilated area or outdoors. Great, Scott. This sounds horrible. It it does, (laughs) and it's selling like hotcakes. It's intended for kids ages 5 and up. Comes with a Hey, I'm that. (laughs) Comes with a cartridge capable of 100-plus blasts. And is silent but deadly, according to the toy. You can sneak up on your victims. Ha, 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 ha. 
Uh, and unleash a terrible smell. Yeah, it's organic, plant-based. It doesn't get caught in fabric and dissipates in minutes. So it's not okay. going like, to make your clothes smell or something or hang around all day long. It's uh, $20, and the parental headache, according to this review, is uh, sold out at Walmart.com. <laughs> it's the hottest thing on Amazon. They still have them at Target.com, but they're expected to sell out soon. So if you want one, you better get them now. I'm not going to buy one. If my kids don't know it exists, that will be fantastic. It, to me, this is the evil stepchild or, uh, or evil twin of the fart sound machine. Which to me is a delightful and whimsical toy for adults and children alike. It's it's oh, it's come on. okay that I don't like those sounds, no, Michael. I don't either. They're they're too much. Um, there are enjoyable sounds of flatulence. I don't find any of it enjoyable. From I, the simple I, foof to the trumpet-like clarion call. I really um, really think it's uh, as lowbrow as lowbrow can possibly get. Oh, it's, it's absolutely that. It's absolutely that. But the idea that you get the the, the malodorousness without the amusing sound. What's the point? It's all <laughs> oh, it about does. the it, sound. It makes the sound also. Yeah. Oh, it, it does. does. Yeah. yeah, the silent, but that's a setting on it. Yeah, if you yeah. need to go stealth oh. mode. Um, oh, yeah, sneak if, up on you know, people. You're doing yeah. some night ops with your uh, night vision <laughs> goggles. If it's the cheese cutting noise you seek, there is a button for that also. So. Excellent. They think of everything these days. This will Indeed. not happen in my house. I guarantee I've you that. Already Amazon ordered it to it. <laughs> You'll come Anonymous home. gift from Santa to the children. There'll yes. be five in your driveway this afternoon. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> That's a great thing about Amazon. Fantastic. <laughs> Uh, what's coming up in your news, Marshall? Folks? Well, I got to tell you, the sniping continues at the NATO summit. Congress makes another move outraging China and the charming value of badly wrapped gifts. You know, CBS is reporting that Trump has canceled the rest of his schedule yes. for today, and sources told CBS that they don't want a distraction from the hearings. So they obviously think the hearings are going to be good for them today. Isn't that interesting? So, I'm sorry, who's them in this scenario? Trump. He's canceled his schedule for the day. He doesn't want anything that would compete with the news of the hearings. Wow. According to CBS News. Well, that that could be bullcrap. It could be, absolutely. It seems very odd, but... Yeah. Um, yeah. Hey, listen, I want to get to that email, maybe at the tail end of news, um, about our relationship with France and Macron and the rest of it. It's it's uh, very telling. And more Warrior Foundation Freedom Station on the way. If you've been wondering what Warrior Foundation Freedom Station is, if you haven't caught on to that yet, we're going to explain that to you coming up in a little bit as we talk to somebody who has benefited from that fine organization. We're trying to raise a half million dollars this week, which is pretty impressive. And we'll have to do a total here soon. But if you want to donate, go to armstrongandgetty.com. And you do want to donate. The more you know about this organization, the more enthusiastic you get. News now with Marsha Phillips. Well, the first impeachment hearing of the House Judiciary Committee is underway on Capitol Hill. A lot of procedural back and forth at the opening, really slowing things down. We will continue to monitor to see if there's any real fireworks that come about later in the day. Or anything meaningful at all. Yes. At the NATO meetings, the push and pull continues with President Trump not happy with Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau. Well, he's too fast. And honestly, with Trudeau, he's a nice guy. I, I find him to be a very nice guy. He's two-faced. He's a nice guy, but he's, he's two-faced. So. Well, Trump was being asked for his reaction. Way, way to punch down, Mr. President. He can't hardly punch down any further in terms of world leaders than the Prime Minister of Canada. The child the Prime Minister of Canada. 
Trump was asked for his reaction to Trudeau being caught in an open mic making critical marks that might have referred to President Trump. This happened at a Buckingham Palace reception where uh, French President Macron was late because of a 40-minute press conference with Trump. Trudeau later saying, I watched his team's jaws drop on the floor. Now, Trump is thinking the critical remarks from Trudeau might have been a reaction to the president's push for more money for NATO defense spending. I called him out on the fact that he's not paying 2%, and I guess he's not very happy about it. And now it turns out President Trump is canceling a scheduled news conference at the close of the NATO summit in London. Trump tweeting that he's done so many over the past two days, he's going to head back to D.C. right after the summit closes. Yeah, and fair enough, he has been incredibly available to the press. Oh, yeah, he answered questions for a very long time on a ton of different topics. That whole hot mic conversation is such a nothing. Oh, it is absolutely nothing. It's just fun and gossipy. But in terms of significance, no, there isn't any. Uh, I just, I love the idea that uh, whether it's trade with China or our NATO allies not paying their agreed-upon fair share, this guy is rough around the edges enough to go ahead and offend people and call them on their bullcrap. Yeah, I heard someone say yesterday, and this is absolutely true, so our presidents who got along well with world leaders, but let them get away with not paying their obligation to NATO while we pick up the tab. What the hell is that? Of course they were nice to you if you let them skate on the bill. Right. Well, and you got wined and dined in the capitals of Europe and treated like a hero and a great leader and the rest of it. I get that temptation, but uh, I tell you what, we needed at least one round of this sort of guy. Congress has passed critical legislation aimed at China over their brutal crackdown on ethnic Muslims. The legislation passed Tuesday by a nearly unanimous vote in the House of Representatives. China protesting the bill, which follows a similar measure over human rights abuses in Hong Kong and is urging the U.S. to, quote, immediately correct its mistakes. (laughs) Legislation is condemning the detention of more than a million Uyghurs. You know, the, 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 the story for the next century, maybe more, is the world is screaming toward this this bipolar China versus the U.S. orbit thing. Clearly. Yeah. Meanwhile, you got Congressman Duncan Hunter pleading guilty to one count of misusing campaign funds for personal expenses. The Southern California Republican had previously pleaded not guilty to numerous charges and denied everything. He now faces the possibility of up to five years in a federal prison when he's sentenced in March. His uh, wife, Margaret, had pleaded guilty earlier. The couple does have three children, and Hunter plans, he says, to resign from Congress. Now, if you happen to be bad at wrapping presents, no worries. A new study suggests it might actually make the person who's getting it like it better. It kind of sounds like the opposite of what you might expect, but the University of Nevada researchers found that gifts are better received if they're wrapped sloppily instead of the wrapping being nicely done. What does that mean? Uh, you know, what does better I, received mean? They like them more? Yeah, like them more. Yeah. Just they have a, a more uh, warm feeling in their hearts. Right. I find this story charming, or this this study charming in a way, particularly as a mediocre at best rapper of presence. Correct. On the other hand, I, I happen to have a daughter in college right now, and she's doing research projects on voting patterns among various uh, constituencies and uh, third-party effects on elections through history, blah, blah, blah. And these people are studying whether a badly wrapped Christmas present makes you happier. 
What did, what did, this is our college dollars at work? I'm sure there's some funding source that's been providing the money for oh, this sure. study. Hey, Marshall, uh, was there any mention of tinfoil for wrapping paper? Because that's what I always do. And there was no mention of tinfoil. Interesting. Well, how mean, about the lazy, lazy gift bag? You just put whatever it is in a bag. Oh, that's please. <laughs> hey, I got a little of that paper that I've kind of poofed up on top of it. <laughs> Slap the bow on the outside. Oh. There you go. Nothing says love and better oh, than a... bow? <laughs> A bow, please. <laughs> Making says, the rest of us look bad. Nothing says loving more than a gift bag. Yeah, right. exactly. I threw this together at the last second. There you go. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips. The Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. <laughs> <laughs> On the other hand, somebody gives me a gift and a gift bag. I figure, great. Now I got a gift bag, so I can be lazy next time. Fantastic. Right. It's you know, it's uh, paying it forward among the lazy. Speaking of studies, I'm looking at USA Today. This is about the movie Frozen 2. Olaf's frozen science can be a little slippery. Square poops and breathing butts. We test the silly snowman's claims. <laughs> Fact-checking cartoon characters. Fact-checking Olaf. From... Yeah. <laughs> Fact-check. So... Nobody can poop square ice cubes. <laughs> Think how painful that would be. Oh, yeah. um, so, listen, uh, I know we have a great guest coming up. I want to share with this with you briefly because I've teased it a couple of times. But we got this note from Mark um, about the French from someone who knows them. The only thing you need to know is that they're always out for themselves. It seems they're still bothered that they lost their superpower to the status to the English a few hundred years back. They don't do a lot of sticking their necks out for anyone else, and history supports my case. The French could have stopped Hitler when he invaded the Rhineland, but they didn't. The French have long gotten around sanctions on Iraq and Iran because they like cheap gray market oil. The French helped Saddam build a nuclear reactor, a nuclear plant in his quest for nuclear weapons. All of that true. The French left NATO in 1959 and booted our nukes out of France because they wanted to be able to make a separate peace with the Russian commies, commies should it be in their interest. And a, a quote from the time, in 1966, all French armed forces were removed from NATO's integrated military command and all non-French NATO troops were asked to leave France. U.S. Secretary of State Dean Rusk was later quoted as asking de Gaulle whether his ordered Order included, quote, the bodies of American soldiers in France's cemeteries. Thank goodness the French came back to NATO in 2009. And uh, French Mark says the last time France had our backs was only out of spite for Great Britain when we were in a war for independence. Let's be honest. They're French. We can't count on them for anything but good wine and good looking au pairs. (laughs) Wow. So so bomb bomb Paris today or what? Well no, he's just saying, look, they're a transactional friend. When, when, when we can have a quid pro quo, they'll they'll come through with their part. But no other than that, no, they're quo. not a friend. No quid pro quo. No, what, no what, quid pro quo. Yes, quid pro quo. What, what was the latest go round though back right after uh the Gulf War started or whatever with the well, Freedom Prize that, that was kinda oh. silly. But what what was that about? Why why were we mad at France then? I don't even remember. I, I think they would they wouldn't join us. Right. Mm, they wouldn't right. join in the fight. Gotcha. So um, we called them freedom fries. Well, and but they were also in bed with Sodom, getting oh, around yeah, UN absolutely. sanctions absolutely. and stuff like that. Oh yeah. The, the the idea that all these countries come together and sacrifice for the greater good at the UN is hilarious. Mm-hmm. If you know the 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 truth, everybody's seeking their own good, their own uh, self interest all the time. France is particularly egregious about it. So thanks for that note, Mark. Well done. Well researched. One of the great organizations in America, Freedom Station, Warrior Foundation Freedom Station. We're going to talk to somebody, a Freedom Station resident, coming up. And you're going to want to donate money after you hear this on the Armstrong and Getty Show. 
Armstrong and Getty Show. In 2010, nearly 1,000 U.S. Marine officers and enlisted men of the 3rd Battalion, 5th Regiment, deployed to Helmand Province in southern Afghanistan. By the time their tour ended in April 2011, the Marines of the three-fifths, known as the Dark Horse, suffered the highest casualty rate of any Marine unit during the past 10 years of war. Our next guest was one of those Marines. Josue Baron was one of those dark horses. He lost his left leg and left eye due to a roadside bomb in Afghanistan. And uh, and his road back has been um, a rocky but inspiring. And let's talk to him about that. Ho- Josue. Oops, hello. We got the audio. Josue, how are you, sir? And uh, Josue benefited from Freedom Station, Warrior Foundation Freedom Station, on his road back. And we're going to hear from him in a second. And we're going to ask you to donate money so we can help other people like Josue. Go to armstrongandgetty.com to do that. Josue, we got you on the air now? Yeah, I'm, I'm good. I'm, I'm here. Good. Excellent. Hey, it's good to talk to you again. So, uh, listen, we know you. You're a positive guy. You're a go-getter. Um, but after being injured... Um, and being treated at Bethesda, um, you had a long road to where you are now. Can you talk about what it was like to get back stateside, having been injured like that, and and you know at at some point how Freedom Station came into uh, came into that story? Yeah, you know a lot a lot of people that see me now they um, they have no idea every step that that took me to get here, and everybody who helped me to get to where I'm at today. Uh, when I got injured in, in um, October 21st of 2010, uh, I was going through, through some hard times just adapting to my new lifestyle. Um, I had lost my left leg and my left eye, so just learning how to you know, walk again, trying to get my vision back wasn't easy, but being around um, nonprofits like the Warrior Foundation who stepped in at times when you know, people like me, service members like me, need them the most, um, they really made a big difference in, in my life. So when I got to um, when I got to the Naval Hospital in San Diego, uh, I I wanted to play I wanted to play a sport, so they introduced me to wheelchair basketball. And once I got playing wheelchair basketball in 2010, we had a lot of we had a lot of amputees during that time from um, from Afghanistan. So at that hospital, there was a lot of guys that were interested in playing basketball, and we started a wheelchair basketball team. The next step was getting funding to travel and play um, against the team. So once again, I reached out to the Warrior Foundation and they've been, you know, they've been helping us ever since. And, you know, hey, can, you help, can you help folks understand why um, that sort of thing is important? I mean, it's more than a hobby for you guys. What does it mean to you to be back on a team? I mean, it's important because first of all, you, you when you lose to me, when you lose a leg, you lose, a lot of your confidence. So, you know, we got guys that are missing two limbs, three limbs. So a lot of their confidence goes away that when they come back home like that. But as soon as they, they start building that camaraderie, they start hanging out with other amputees. They start, you know, they start relating to other guys. And we all have a common goal, which is, you know, play wheelchair basketball, play a sport together. Um, that definitely brings like everything that you lost in the military. It, it's not the same, you know, but that feeling and that um, your brothers to the left and right, you get that back right away. Without the help of Freedom Station, and I know this is speculation, but without the help of Freedom Station, what do you think your uh, road to recovery would have been like? 
I mean, you know what? Without the help of of organizations or nonprofits like like Warrior Foundation that step in and and cover, you know, what the VA can't do, um, I think our lives would not be the same. Um, everything everything that that has made a, a, a difference in our lives has to do because of nonprofits like that. So without their support, without them raising money to help people like us, I think that we will be in a whole different, um, our generation wouldn't be the same. Hey, Josue, what does it mean to you when other guys come in, maybe recently injured, um, really struggling struggling in life? Uh, tell us about you know you being able to reach out to them and help them. What's that feel like? I mean, you know, just just being at at on that side of um, being a brand new amputee or being a brand new guy getting out of the military, I feel like I have experience. I mean, I've been out for six years now, so when I see a new guy come in or I see a new guy that that's having a hard time getting out, I just you know I want to show them what I've been through, what I've done with my life, and when they get a glimpse of that, they it, they change their mind. They're like, oh, you know. I'm not, it's not going to be so bad after all. Well, that's fantastic, and that's what we're trying to do for more and more people. And I love the fact that, that Warrior Foundation Freedom Station exists because uh, civilians like ourselves, guys who've never gone through combat and and gals, we can care as much as we want. We can give generously. We can be there to support, but we'll never understand. And so I think it's really important for you guys to have each other. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and you know, times are changing, too, and... You know, the signature wound these last couple of years has been PTSD, so it's not a lot of guys. Like in 2010, 11, um, there was more amputees because of the war, but things are changing, and um, and a lot of the signature wounds now are PTSD, so that's, and that's, and that's big in our community because, you know, they can give you a prosthetic, they can, they can give you, you know, your legs back, but when it comes to PTSD, it's a whole different, um, it's a whole different struggle that, that guys go through, and if I can help guys with that and let them know that it's going to be okay, then you know I'm all about that. Josue Baron, uh, U.S. Marine Corps veteran, uh, veteran of the Dark Horse Unit uh, in Helmand Province, southern Afghanistan, went from uh, struggling to live now to now he's got a, a beautiful wife and three sons. Recently, started your own company, American Dinosaur. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, and, and and you know what? When I, when I started that too. Um, you know, I was a little being an amputee and, you know, missing my left eye. I didn't want to go in front of people. So me just challenging myself to create a business that that relates to, you know, being around hundreds or, you know, multiple people was a struggle. But I knew that that I had to go out there in the world and kind of expose myself in order for me to, you know, get over uh, something I was struggling with, you know, from the time I got injured. Right. Josue, it's great to talk to you, man. We appreciate you taking the time. Thank you very much. Oh, it's our pleasure. And he was helped by uh, Warrior Foundation Freedom Station, and we want you to give to try to keep that organization uh, going and growing, which it currently is growing. Go to armstrongandgetty.com to donate. We're trying to raise a half a million dollars this week. Oh, yeah. And one of the main things we're doing this time of year is there are so many guys, there are hundreds of guys, you don't know how many, in the the naval hospitals, the medical facilities, healing, rehabbing, getting surgery after surgery. And, man, they're lonely. 
for their families because the military sends you where they send you. And one of the things we do is we buy airplane tickets home for guys who are like Josue was years ago uh, when he was really healing and struggling. We want to send them home to be with mom and dad for the holidays which is enormously powerful in the healing. We've talked to the nurses and the doctors and the volunteers who say, these guys come back from a week at home, and all of a sudden they can't wait to get on their physical therapy. They're, they say, let's do that procedure. They just, their, their zest for life is returned. And so if you can afford you know, $50 to chip into a plane for a plane ticket, if you can afford $500, which would get a guy a round trip, if you can afford 10000 bucks to get a bunch of guys home again, do it right now at armstrongandgetty.com. It's not only nice, we owe it to them. We owe it to them as a society. I agree completely. All our patriotic stuff that we do, and I don't mean that in a uh, uh, snotty way, I mean patriotic stuff about uh, joining the military and serving your country, that's all real, but you can't have people go off, fight a war, get blown up, uh, damaged physically and mentally, and then just bring them back and say, okay, good luck with your life. I mean, that's, right. that's not okay. You're out of the military. Go find a place to live now. Go uh, find a job. Oh, you got a couple of missing limbs and a missing eye and PTSD. Uh, too bad. No, we owe it to these guys. And it's a great way for those of us who love this country to serve our country. And again, if you can afford 10, 20 bucks, God bless you. Thank you. If you can afford a hell of a lot more than that, now is the time. Armstrongandgetty.com. There's a big banner. You can't miss it. Drum roll, Michael. Let's get a total. See where we are right now on our goal of five. Hundred thousand dollars a week, which is probably a little crazy to try to do, but one hundred fifty-eight thousand eight hundred ten dollars, almost one hundred and sixty grand. I like that. All right, we're getting there. We're getting there. Hey, companies. I don't, I'm not sure there's actually a name guy named Harvard Goldhammer, but he donated a hundred dollars. <laughs> that's a phenomenal name. Oh, that's the greatest name ever, if it's real. <laughs> Mister and Mrs. Goldhammer, good naming. <laughs> Yeah, but companies, come on, match these whales. Where are my whales at? Big donations and small. We'll take them all. Yeah, at armstrongandgetty.com. Armstrong and Getty.